Hello and welcome to the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. Glad to have you with me on the program today. My name is Phil Duddy, evangelist with Grace Baptist Tabernacle in King, North Carolina. Redeeming the Lost at iCloud.com is our email address. Please do feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. And today we are going to be continuing our series on John chapter 3. And we are going to pick up that series in John chapter 3, beginning at verse 9. The word of God says this, John chapter 3, verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we saw in the, in the previous part of this series, um, the beginning of this conversation, the beginning of this interaction between Jesus Christ and a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a ruler of the Pharisees. He has a very, very extensive religious education and a religious background, and he's been very, very active in his religion to the point that he, is, he has come into a position of leadership in his uh, quote-unquote denomination, if you will, of Judaism, uh, which was the Pharisees. And he's having this conversation with Jesus Christ. Uh, they had drawn some conclusions about Jesus prior to this interaction. And Nicodemus came to Jesus one night. He came by night under, under the cover of darkness and as opposed to coming in the middle of the day. But he came by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. They viewed him as a teacher. And they had come to the conclusion among themselves, at least this small group of this denomination had come to this conclusion, that Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible says, thou art a teacher come from God, because they had seen and heard of the miracles that Jesus was doing. And so he comes to Jesus, and he comes as a natural, normal man. And part of being a natural, normal man is having sin is having this nature to sin. And Jesus comes, uh, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus answers him and says, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus is still not understanding. And Nicodemus says in verse 9, he answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Doesn't understand. Very religious, master of Israel, learned in the scriptures and in the traditions, and currently practicing yet does not understand what God is saying to him here because uh, we understand from the scriptures that Jesus is Lord. So God is speaking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus just doesn't get it. You see, no amount of knowledge, no amount of practice will ever save a soul. It's God who does that. It's God who does that. Uh, we, do, we cannot, uh, no matter how, how hard we try, and a lot of us try really, really hard, no matter how hard we try, we can't build a ladder tall enough. We can't build a bridge long enough. Uh, we can't build a tower high enough to get us to God. 
Um, we, we can't work our way into God's good favor and, to, and into God's good graces. We can't, it doesn't work that way because we're all fallen, we're all sinners. And everything that comes out of us is sin. It's uh, sort of like if you stand on the beach, uh, right, on the ocean side, and you see the ocean just rolling in and rolling in and rolling in and rolling in. And the waves foam up and they foam up and they foam up and they wash onto the sea and they wash onto the beach. Uh, that's that, that's what comes out of us. It comes our, our sin just comes out of us. Uh, one moment it's it's a lie. One moment it's murder. One moment it's blasphemy. One moment it's dishonoring our parents. One moment it's theft. One moment it, it's uh, taking the Lord's name and using it as a curse word. It's blasphemy. One and then in, in the next moment we come up with an idol, uh, something um, uh, some some representation of God to us, according to us, according to our will as opposed to hearing who God is, hearing his word, and seeing who he is in truth, we come up with all these versions of God that's, um, that meet our qualifications and our standards. That's, that's idolatry. And idolatry is actually one of the most common, widespread, epidemic sins in America right now. Everyone has this impression of who God is. And uh, to some people, God is this really, really permissive, um, being who sort of winks at sin and ignores sin, and um, uh, you're all, you're all going to come into heaven anyway. Um, the next person, uh, God might be this really really cruel, hard taskmaster. But in the same in in the same way, it's it's idolatry. You see, God has given a very clear word in the Bible. He's given us a Bible. He's given us a book that's actually written down. And, and, and it was given by inspiration. It's perfect. It's, it's without error. And it comes directly from God. And God shows you who he is in the Bible. Exactly who he is in the Bible. It rests with us to believe that, to hear it and to believe it. And anything other than the Bible, anything, any other God we might come up with, it's an idol. So idolatry is this most common sin. It's one of the most common sins in America right now. But it's a, the sin just sort of comes out of us. So it comes out of us, and, and, and in a way, we can't help it. The best that we might be able to do is try to manage and rein in some of the behaviors, but we can't help the root problem. Um, behavior management is uh, sort of like having the flu and, you know, you've got a flu, you've got a 100, 102 degree temperature, you've got the chills, and you've got the headache and uh, all that really nasty stuff that goes along with the flu. And um, uh, you're just uh, sort of taking your Tylenol. Uh, you can help the fever with the Tylenol, uh, but you can't really get at the root cause. You can't, it, it's, it's helping the symptom, but it's not helping uh, the actual disease. That's sort of what behavior management is to the sin nature. Um, it's, it, it'll have some help in terms of your day-to-day -day life, and, uh, and that's not a bad thing, but it's not going to deal with your, your nature as a sinner. It's not going to deal with the fact that everything that comes out of you in the eyes of a holy God is sin. You know, but hallelujah, we've got Nicodemus here. Uh, he's saying, how can these things be? I don't understand this. And he's coming to Jesus as a natural man. And Jesus is talking about um, is talking about being born again. He's saying you need to be born again. He's saying 
that except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's saying that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Jesus is saying these sorts of things to him, and Nicodemus is like, well, how, how can this be? I've studied the scriptures my entire life, Jesus. How can this be? I, I don't understand it. Um, I know you're a good teacher, but how can this be? And Jesus answered. You know, Jesus continues to answer. Jesus continues to speak to this man. Jesus continues to speak the word, the word of God to this man. God speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and see, you know, Nicodemus, he's a man of the Pharisees, and doubtless he would have known this account that Jesus is going into. And this account is in the book of Numbers chapter 21. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, Jesus knows who's standing in front of him. Uh, Jesus knows that, um, that this is a, um, a Jewish man. He's a Pharisee standing in front of him. Um, he's, he, he's, not of, he's not of another nation, uh, but he's, he's a Jewish man. And he's very, very learned in the scriptures. And see, Jesus speaks to him out of the scriptures. He speaks to him out of um, uh, what we call the book of Numbers. He speaks to him out of that. He speaks to him out of, of himself from the scriptures. You see, Jesus desires Nicodemus. He loves Nicodemus. He knows Nicodemus. And he knows that Nicodemus is, is a lost sinner. He knows that Nicodemus needs to be born again. And Jesus, and Jesus is drawing him. You know, for lack of a better term, Jesus is drawing him. He's speaking to him. And he's speaking to him out of the book of Numbers. And then this account in the book of Numbers that references a time of judgment in Israel. And let's go ahead and flip there. If you've got your Bible available, flip over to the book of Numbers chapter 21. And we will pick up the account uh, starting right in the first verse there. Numbers chapter 21, starting in verse 1. And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by, by way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, if thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them in their cities. And he called the place of the name Hormah. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass, that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it on a pole. And it came to pass, that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. See, this was a time in the history of Israel, uh, it was a time of judgment. And if you look at the account here, uh, Israel had just had, a, a, just had a military victory at the hands of the Lord. The Lord del delivered uh, the Canaanites into their hands, and they utterly destroyed their cities. And then they journeyed on from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea, and the soul of the people was much discouraged and because of the way, and it was discouraged to the point where they started speaking against God. They started complaining against God, and they started accusing God, and uh, they started accusing God, and they, and they accused Moses as well, and they start accusing, and they say, well, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt um, to die in the wilderness? God, you brought us up out of Egypt, and that was great, but, but now we're going to die in the wilderness. Why'd you do that to us, God? What are you doing, God? Uh, you're a mean God. You're a bad God. You brought us up out of Egypt, and, and now you're going to kill us out here in the wilderness. There's no bread. Uh, we don't have any bread. Uh, neither is there any water, and our soul loveth this light bread. And they ignored the fact that they had bread. Uh, they ignored the fact. They said they didn't have bread. And then in the same exact sentence, we have it in, in the Word of God. Uh, read it in the Word of God. For there is no bread. Neither is there any water, and, and our soul loatheth, loatheth this light bread. They did have bread. God was providing for them in the wilderness. God had delivered them time after time after time. He had given them food. He had given them drink. Uh, he had given them protection. He had given them military victory. God was providing for them. He was not and is not the bad God that's his people were accusing him of being, and they're speaking against God, and so, and so God sends these fiery serpents among the people, and they bit a lot of them, and, and several of them died, and then Israel sort of came to the realization, well, we're, we're sinning here. We're sinning here. We're accusing God, and it's, and it's not good what we're doing. Now, we're sinning. We've spoken against the Lord. We've spoken against you, Moses. Moses, now you go up and you pray to the Lord for us. And Moses prayed, and, and the Lord made a provision. He made yet another provision for Israel. Israel had accused him, and yet the Lord made a provision here. And his provision, his way to, to deliver these people, his way so that um, so these people would have a way to be saved, if you will, from the fiery serpents. Moses made a serpent of brass, and he put it on a pole, and he lifted it up. And, you know, it was lifted high. It was, a, it was high. You had to look up to it. And it came to pass that if one of these serpents had bitten somebody, that person looked at that, at that serpent on the pole, the serpent of brass, then he would live. And so to come back to Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus is referencing this part of, of Israel's history. And Nicodemus would doubtless have known this as, as a scholar and as a teacher. You see, Jesus, this, this, um, this account, this piece of history in Numbers chapter 21, that looked ahead to Jesus. That looked ahead. 
You see, Jesus would be lifted up at his crucifixion. He would be lifted up. And uh, there is a judgment and there is a condemnation. Uh, there's, there's a reality that um, if, you're, if you're lost and dying, and, and if you think I make much of salvation, it's, it's for a reason. Uh, because God wants you to be saved. And God has given his only begotten son. You know, Jesus is the fulfillment, if you will, of Numbers chapter 21. Jesus is what Numbers chapter 21 was looking toward. When Moses made that serpent of brass and put it on the pole and the people looked up. Uh, that, that was all looking ahead to what God already knew that he was going to do in sending his only begotten son to, to be crucified on a Roman cross and to be lifted up in that way. And, and lost sinner, look to him and you will live. Look to him and you will live. Liar, look to him and you will live. Uh, murderer, look to him and you will live. Thief, look to him and you will live. Um, idolater, blasphemer, look to him and you will live. Uh, drunkard, look, at, look to him and you will live. Look to him and he is more than able to separate you and your sin as far as the east is from the west. He is more than able to cover your sin. You see, somebody's blood is going to answer for your transgressions. And, you know, sin, sin is transgression of the law, the Bible tells us. And the law is there, friend, um, not to tell you what to do and what, and what not to do, but no, the law is there. The entire law, the, enti the entirety of what we call the Old Testament is there to point you to the Savior, to point you to Jesus Christ. The law is our schoolmaster. The law is our teacher, if you will, to, to bring us to Jesus Christ, the one who, who stands ready and stands able to forgive your sin, the one who stands ready and stands able to give you new, everlasting, and eternal life. The law is there to point you toward him. The lie that comes out of your mouth came out of your heart first, and that is there to point you to Jesus Christ. Because you can't do enough good, you can't give enough money, you can't go to enough uh, church services, uh, revival services, jubilee services, uh, Christmas cantatas, uh, Thanksgiving services, New Year services, Fourth of July celebration, what, whatever, whatever the church is doing. You can't go on enough short-term missions trips. You can't go on enough long-term missions trips to cover one single lie, to cover the lie that you told when you were like seven years old, you, you, can't, you can't do enough good to cover that in the eyes of God. You can't do enough good to change yourself in the eyes of God. You need to be changed. You can't save yourself in the eyes of God. You need to be saved. You can't give yourself eternal life. God needs to give it to you. And, and how does that happen? It happens when, when you hear the word of God and you believe it. And it happens when, when you hear the good news, and the gospel is good news, friend. And that's something that, that so many people in so many churches need to realize again, that the, that the gospel is actually good news. It's, it's very, very good news. Because if you're a lost and dying sinner today, this is the way that you can be saved. This is the way that, the, the way that you can be right with God. This is the way that your sins can be forgiven. He is faithful, and he is good, and he is mighty and able. And he can save to the uttermost. And friend, you know, if you need him today, then you need to put your faith in him. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead and you shall be saved. 
And there were a whole lot of people one day, and they crowded around Jesus, and they were asking him, well, what do we need to do to work the works of God? And Jesus said, well, it's real simple, really, really simple. You believe on the one he sent, and God sent his only begotten son. And we'll be getting into that in the next broadcast. But if you, if you need him today, Jesus has already done what nobody else could ever do. He lived, he, he came and, and he was born of a virgin and he, and he grew up and he learned obedience and he lived a life. And God said, well, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And at the end of that life, he laid his life down. You know, and, the, and the scripture tells us he gave his life as a ransom for many. And that many includes you. If, you, if you're lost, if you're not born again, if you're not saved today, that, that many includes you. All the sin of the world that Jesus took upon himself, that includes your sin. And he knows you and he loves you. And this is the way that, that God made his love manifest. He made it really easy to see and clear. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, not after we cleaned ourselves up. And you see, God already knows. He knows your sin. Seeing your sin, he still laid down his life for you. That's his love. And, and if you need to be saved right now, then don't despise his love. Don't push it away, but come believing. Amen. This is part two of our series on John chapter three. There will be one more part, and uh, that'll be the next program in our Bible preaching series. We are very glad that you listened today. And um, I do invite you, uh, please do reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to hear what God's doing in your life, especially if uh, you've heard the program and um, you've been and you've been saved. Uh, we'd love to hear that from you. Uh, that would be a great encouragement to us, and uh, we would love to minister to you as well as a newborn in Christ. Um, please do reach out to us by email. Uh, redeemingthelost at iCloud.com is our email address, and we are a ministry of Grace Baptist Tabernacle. We're a church located in King, North Carolina. And you can visit the church website for information about the church. It's gbtministries.com. And you'll find uh, locations and service times on that website. We would love to meet you in person if you are in the Piedmont Triad area of North Carolina or anywhere nearby. Uh, we'd love to meet you in person. Uh, please do visit one of our services. And again, we are the Redeeming Love Bible Broadcast. Thank you so much for listening.